Hello, everybody, and welcome to Next Level Outreach. My name is Larry Williams. I am live at Atlanta Hope Center. This is a podcast dedicated to inspiring, informing, and empowering you to be a greater soul winner. And I have a question I usually ask every podcast, but I'm going to let our special guest ask that question today. I want to ask everybody, when is the last time you personally won a soul? And if you don't know who that is, that was probably one of the greatest soul winners that we've ever seen in the apostolic movement. I am live today with Tim Downs from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm so excited because if you know anything about Tim Downs, there is no man probably on the planet who has ever won as many souls as him. Thousands upon thousands of people have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost because of his ministry. He has a book called Understanding Soul Winners. He has a, a church in Atlanta, Georgia, the Atlanta Hope Center, which has literally won thousands of people to the Lord. So we're truly privileged, and it's a true honor to have him on the podcast today to talk to us a little bit about soul winning and why it's so important for our movement. So I'm going to go directly into our um podcast today with a couple of questions. Tim Downs, firstly, what caused you to be so passionate about winning souls? Well, thank you, Brother Larry, for inviting me to be part of your podcast. I'm honored today. I don't know if all those accolades fit me, but I'm honored in a, uh, in a great way anyways. Um, you asked the question, uh, what has caused you to be so passionate about winning souls? The passion that I have for souls um, basically comes uh, from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. When I was uh, 19 years old and I received the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. the first thing I wanted to do is go tell everybody about the Holy Ghost, about Jesus. I remember um, when I received the Holy Ghost one night, our youth group, uh, they would take people out to a pizza place. And as soon as um, you receive the Holy Ghost in the church, they would all gather around you and, and invite you to come to a pizza place and have pizza. And I remember sitting at that pizza place um, just maybe an hour after receiving the Holy Ghost, and uh, we were all sitting around waiting to eat. And uh, I remember the pizza came, and um, they set the pizza down on the table, and I grabbed the first piece of pizza, and I almost took a bite of it. And the young lady who invited me to church, she said, Stop! She <laughs> said, Hold on. I said, Well, I didn't know what was going on. She said, Well, we pray before our food. Um, and so I said, Well, uh, uh, I said, you know, go ahead and pray or whatever. So she began to pray. And all of a sudden, the same spirit, the same feeling that I felt in an hour earlier in that church mm -hmm. began to overcome me right there at the table at the pizza place. Yeah. And I lifted my hands and I began to pray and I began to just shout in a different language. And I stood to my feet and I said, I just got the Holy Ghost again. <laughs> and uh, I was at first I thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then all the people that were surrounding me in front of the youth group started saying, shh, shh, quiet, quiet. We, you're embarrassing us. Don't say that that loud. Well, years later, I figured out who those people were. We call them today fire extinguishers. Right. Those are the people about the time that you get on fire for God and want to do something or tell somebody about Jesus. They're there with the wet blankets thrown in on top of you saying you shouldn't do it. But I overcame the church. And I overcame yeah. those, uh, those wet blankets and fire extinguishers. And today... Um, I live my life as a soul winner. It's not, right. I don't have any special gift. There's nothing uh, unique about me. 
-hmm. I just believe that I operate the way that I read the Bible, and it said that we're supposed to win the loss and produce fruit, so that's what we do every day. Awesome. And one thing that um, I really respect about you is your longevity. You are not someone who uh, we know as someone who started off on fire but lost its fi lost his fire down the road. So talk to us a little bit about how do you maintain that same level of passion year after year ever, since you've been saved? Well, you know, um, I'm not saved yet. But right. uh, uh, <laughs> we, we've been discussing we've that been all week. <laughs> but um, one of the things, I, you know, when I started out my journey with God, mm -hmm. And um, I was trying to walk the way I could walk. And I tried to win souls. And through the discouragement of the people in the church, mm -hmm. I backslid numerous times. I would get into church and try to live for God. And uh, I believe today that you can't live for God without winning souls. You know, I don't even think you can make it to heaven without winning souls. you got to produce fruit. Mm -hmm. And I was in churches who didn't promote soul winning. They didn't even talk about winning souls. Nobody ever taught soul winning or, you know, mm -hmm. trained us how to win souls. So I backslid it numerous times. And then finally, uh, in 2005, I, I got back to the Lord and started serving God with all my heart. And I said, you know, in an altar service, I prayed and I said, God, I want you to make me the greatest soul winner that's ever walked the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it out of arrogance or, you know, pride or... I just wanted to say, hey, you know what? If if God called us to be soul winners, that's what I want to make my life to be a soul winner. Yeah. And here's the key to it. Uh, I learned this a long time later in my walk with God, but um, preachers always preach that the angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. And the Bible doesn't say it's the angels rejoicing. It said there's joy in the presence of God's angel, meaning it's God himself. If you can listen closely to this, this is a very key element of living for God. When you go out and find someone who's lost and you personally compel them to repent and they come to your church or wherever you're at and they repent of their sins, it gives God great joy in the presence of all the angels. We know it to be true because the Bible says that it's not God's will that any should perish but all come to repentance. So when they do, it gives God great joy. And then here's what's in it for us. The Bible said that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I've had people in this movement tell me year after year, almost month after month, you got to slow down. You got to you're going to burn out. You're going to. And, and I want to scream from the tops of the mountains and say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to burn out because if I'm going to win souls, God's going to keep giving me strength. Yeah. And uh, I don't win one soul a month or one soul a year and say, oh, bless God, let's all win one. I try to win souls every single day, not soul. But souls, I try to, you know, reach as many people as possible because I know the coming of the Lord. And somebody told me one time that if they're not going to heaven, they're going to hell. <laughs> and I can't afford in my life. And, and this is the part that really it's a struggle for me because we say we believe the Bible. We say yeah. we believe in heaven and hell. If we really believe in hell, why would you want to waste your life on uh, video games and Facebook and laser tag and all this mess that we've taken the time up away from winning souls and doing these things that we call because we need entertainment. No, the greatest life in this world is to win somebody else to Jesus. Right. And when you win them, every single time you win them, God begins to pour strength back into your spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here in Atlanta. We work at least a minimum of 14 to 16 hours every single day. 
not on Sundays, not on Thursdays or, you know, church services, but every single day. And the Bible said the Lord, uh, it said that there's in, in all labor, there's profit. So the more you work, the more God begins to win people and bring them into you and, and you just have revival. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about some of the methods that you use that are most effective in reaching souls. Well, uh, of course, um, we've written a book called Understanding Soul Winning, and that book includes 11 different effective ways to win souls. And I want to kind of set the record straight. Uh, there's a million ways to win souls. Mm -hmm. I don't have the, the market on soul winning. I don't have the, you know, uh, the only way to win souls. And, you know, a lot of people try to make that statement. Yeah. There's a million ways to win souls, but there's only one result in soul winning. When you get someone to repent and be baptized and God fills them with the Holy Ghost, then you have won a soul. Right. And I think the misunderstanding as far as across our board and the movement is that people think they're winning souls because they're handing out flyers, they're going on outreach, they're teaching Bible studies to people, or whatever various things that they say. Yeah. And because there's a misunderstanding of what it takes to win souls, people think they are winning souls, therefore they don't ever win souls. Yeah. But there's one way to win souls. Whatever way you figure out to do it is awesome, but but the result has to be that someone's being born again, and uh, God give us a method. It's been probably nine years ago or ten years ago, and we call it the heaven or hell method, and it's basically walking up to perfect stranger anywhere, day or night, uh, asking them if they want to go to heaven or hell, and then after we ask them that, we compel them to repent and be baptized that day, yeah. uh, and God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. Now, I mean, I've won souls many ways. Now, what's interesting, I've never won a soul teaching a Bible study, mm -hmm. and I've never won a soul knocking on a door. Mm -hmm. uh, those just, to me, they don't work. I'm not saying they won't work, but we, since I've won so many people to God, I can give you this advice. I can go out in one single day and probably win 40 people if I really work hard. And instead of teaching a home Bible study to one family or one person for 12 weeks or whatever home Bible study you want to teach with the hopes of that person coming to a place of understanding and they repent and get baptized. Mm -hmm. um, I found that, you know, greater because the Lord is coming soon. We don't know when, but we know he's coming and there's 7 billion souls lost. So we need the most effective, fastest method in the world right now. Right. And um, so uh, the heaven or hell method is so fast. I mean, people sometimes criticize it because they don't understand it, but um, we can pray through or, or baptize and pray through 40 people in one day mm -hmm. and then turn around and teach those people a home Bible study as a discipleship course instead of a salvation. Um, so we recommend instead of trying to win people through a Bible study, it takes 12 weeks for one family or one person, yeah. go out and win a bunch of people and then turn around and teach them a Bible study. And here's why I say that. Uh, the Bible said to give people the sincere m milk of the word. You know, right. uh, don't try to given the meat. And I believe that every single Bible study on the market I've seen is some type of meat. It's doctrine. It's, it's types of things like that. And instead of trying to feed them meat, why not get them into the water, get them into the place of presence of God and let them receive the Holy Ghost and then teach them the Bible study is another method. So in, in short, or I guess in long, I took a long <laughs> time, but uh, my answer to that question would be the heaven or hell method. You can find that on uh, www.gowinsouls.com. Uh, there's a dialogue there. There's many, many, many tools. Uh, we have uh, literally dozens and dozens of ways to win souls on that website. Yeah. 
Um, you know, if you want to teach a cooking class or, you know, different types of things like that, you can read into it and find out. But uh, the heaven or hell methods are, are kind of awesome way to do it. And we've and I've personally seen that work in our in our church in Tampa. So it's not really just, you know, he's just talking. We've actually used that and we've seen that work. But I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about your local church here in Atlanta. Um, one thing that I've noticed that you guys have been able to do in such a short amount of time, you haven't been here very long, but you've been able to um, really let the public know who you are. You said something along the lines of you've been on the news 13 times or 12 times since you've been here. Right. So a lot of people know about this church. And that's one thing that um, that really, I think, kind of bothers me about some some of the apostolic churches that I know about because we don't people don't really know who we are. That's not to criticize, but I'm just saying just in a general sense, getting our name out there. So kind of speak on that and speak on public relations. Like, how is it that you've been able to let people know who you are in your local setting? Well, uh, I think, of course, the answer, it, it could be offensive to some people. So I want to, you know, clarify this in the beginning. Um, the statements I'm going to make are not against people. The statements I'm making are facts that the reason why we have growth and what we're doing. Uh, but one of the one of the main reasons is I don't have an office inside the building. I don't have any place that I call pastor's office. And when I say that, that means that my office is the streets. My office is anywhere outside of this building. And I spend the majority of my time in that office instead of an office with four walls. Right. Uh, everywhere we go in the city of Atlanta, every single day, I as the pastor lead the way by handing out flyers, inviting people, compelling people every single day. We also um, travel all over the area of the neighborhood. I personally go out, hand out food, uh, you know, make myself self available to people. Uh, there probably is not one person in this whole section of town that doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And it's not because I'm, you know, someone special. It's just because every single day I'm out in the streets serving people. I'm, I'm, I have a thing where I go out and buy 10 cheeseburgers and 10 McDoubles or 10 McDoubles and 10 McChickens every single day, whether it's in the afternoon or it's in the evening time. Uh, sometime during that day, I spend the money and my personal money in my pocket and I go out and buy those and I find someone to give those sandwiches to uh, and I give them a church card and I invite them to the Atlanta Hope Center. Yeah. But by being out there serving people, it, it, there's an old saying that says they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And it's true. And so what my goal and my philosophy of this uh, getting my name out there is to try to love these people and to serve them and serving. If we could get the if we could get a servant's heart across the board, um, people will love us. People will fill our churches and people will be genuine about it. Absolutely. And that leads into my my final question today. What are some of the best things that a church can do for its community? Well, you know, we have block parties um, pretty much every couple weeks or, you know, it, it, the longest, maybe three weeks. Mm -hmm. We have those block parties set up um, to serve people. And we also have a food bank, a clothing bank, a GED class, parenting classes, all types of services that we offer and make available to people throughout the community to bring them in. We also, for the first three years, opened up a U-Haul dealer at our church so if people were looking for a u-haul or if they moved into town the first people they would see is our church so they walk in we would have them sign up inside the sanctuary yeah 
Uh, and then after they were finished, we would ask them, you know, if they would like to look around the church and give them an invitation and pray for them or invite them. We have several people in our church from the U-Haul ministry here. Wow. But you got to continually have your name out there. You got to continually be serving people. You got to continually be loving the lost and doing everything you can. You know, uh, possibly the, the, the missing link in our movement, there's three important links that are missing. Number one is true soul winning. And, and I got to make sure you understand today. To win a soul, you had to personally go out and find someone who's lost, compel them to repent, be baptized, and when God fills them with the Holy Ghost, you want a soul. The second thing is a fervent prayer life, a real prayer life, not just a uh, time that you get together in a uh, you know a, a corporate prayer where you try to outpray each other and all that mess. But I'm talking about getting into a prayer closet alone with God and crying out to God. And this is the key part. After you're done crying out to God, close your mouth and listen to God because right. God speaks to us. And when God begins to speak, he's going to speak about souls. And when you hear that voice and you hear God telling you to go and you don't do it, something's wrong. So that's the first one. The first one is winning souls. The second one is fervent prayer life. I, I highly recommend every single person gets a prayer guide because it's more than just getting in a room and saying, oh, hallelujah, 150 times. It's, it's a structured prayer where you're praying for specific uh, things that need to be prayed for. And it keeps you on goal so you're not just wasting your time, you know, and bored with it. It's an exciting time to talk to God. The, the third and key, uh, this is a key factor in winning the loss and building the church, is giving. It's the number one missing link other than soul winning our whole movement because we talk about giving. We, we think we're great givers because we pay your tithes, but we need to turn into a movement that gives everything away. I'm talking about your finances, your possessions, everything you... I ask people the question often. I say, do you believe the shall in Acts 2.38 more than you believe the shall in Luke 6.38? Because the Bible says, give and it shall be given. If you look around this facility, it won't take you long to see how blessed we are. It's not because, and we give away everything. We give, I'm talking about vans, cars, money, home, whatever we have, we continually give it away. And God keeps pouring it back in so much that we don't even know. I, I have to ask people to come and take stuff because there's so much that God keeps giving us. Wow. And the scripture is true. There's more than just Acts 2.38 in the Bible. There's more about giving than there is uh, salvation. Yeah. And, and when we learn the secret to giving everything, I, my statement to the world is I give, I make a living by giving everything away. I don't say that to be proud or boastful. I'm trying to teach people something. Hey, listen, the word of God is true. If we yeah. give it, he's going to give it back greater. Yeah. So what do you have to lose? If you believe that, why wouldn't you give everything away? If you really believe it and God is faithful, he's going to give it back to you. It's not so we get rich. It's so we can give more. As God continually gives us more, we don't stack it up and, and say, well, now we got everything we need. And No, we keep giving it out with, with believing that every time God is going to give us back greater. I remember one time... Uh, we said, hey, this year we're going to try to outgive God. You know, you're yeah. the saying, you know, yeah, you can't yeah, outgive yeah. God. So one year we actually tried to outgive God. And that year we had more everything than we ever had in our life. Wow. More finances, more blessing, you, you name it, we had it. This church here in Atlanta, um, if you look around this sanctuary right now, every single thing in here has been a gift from God. He's given it to us. 
Why? Because we give and we make a living by giving and God continues to give it back. <clears throat> so those are the three things I highly recommend. Uh, again, we have a website, GoWinSouls.com. We've written a book, uh, Understanding Soul Winning. You can order that book online or if you can't afford it, uh, you can click on the tackle box on that website and read the book on the ebook for free. Uh, we just want to make it available. If you ever need anything about soul winning, you can feel free to email us or contact us. Uh, our goal is to see this world saved before Jesus comes. Absolutely. And if we can just go ahead and if you can just say a word of prayer for all of those that are on, that are listening to the podcast very quickly. Lord, we ask you to touch every person that's listened to this podcast today. Yes, I'm asking you, Lord, to baptize them with the spirit of evangelism. Yes, Jesus. Lord, put the fire back inside of them. Lord, like the day when they received the Holy Ghost, when they really felt like they wanted to win the world and wanted to tell everybody, renew that spirit in them in the name of Jesus. We yes, thank Lord. you and praise you. Yes, Lord. Amen. Well, like I said, after every podcast, get them to the pool and get them to the pew. God bless you.